Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down to Art from Everclear. And this is an absolute cracker of a natter. We go, we go pretty nineties. It's safe to say, but like, <laughs> you know, there's some incredible tours going on right now, and and Art talks about some of the bands he's been playing with. I'll throw it out there now that um, by the time this comes out, that it will be fast approaching uh, the tour dates that Everclear are doing in the UK with Soul Asylum. Um, just, you know, if you want that big retro fix of nostalgia, going to see, um, Soul Asylum and Everclear, oh, I'm all over it. And, uh, yeah. And he talks about some other tours that are going to be happening in, in America and Australia. And, and then we just get the full, the full story, you know, growing up in, you know, pretty, pretty tough times and, uh, and, and, and talks about, you know, how, um, his dad wasn't really a bat and how he, you know, found that comfort in, in, in music and yeah, it's 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 an it's an amazing chat and uh, as an Everclear fan I was really thrilled to get the opportunity to talk to Art and uh and it was really nice that he jumped on and was just an absolute delight. So that that chat is about to drop, but I wanna tell you about um everything else to do with this podcast that makes this podcast possible. Firstly, um, it's our official sponsor, which is Hotel Chocolat. Um, they make incredible chocolate, which you know all about. You've seen them in the high streets. Not only do they do that, if they've got the shops, like um, there's a really good one in Monmouth Street in London. If you walk past that, pop in and get a hot chocolate, because that's to die for. And it's fast approaching the festive season now. So, so why not, you know, instead of treating them to chocolates this year, treat them to their new well, it's not even a new alcoholic range now. Uh, their alcohol range has been going for probably two years now. And, uh, yeah, go check it out. Because what's nicer on Christmas than them kind of creamy shots? And you can get a mint chocolate one, uh, an orange one, sorry, caramel. And I think by the time this podcast drops, I reckon I would have announced this other little one that they're about to drop at Christmas. Um They've signed up for 2023 as official sponsors, so that's made me so happy. It, it means that I get to do so much more stuff um, and, and really kind of grow this podcast. And I've got some really exciting things to tell you that we're going to be doing in 2023, uh, and that's all to come your way soon. And that is a lot of that is due to the fact that we have this lovely sponsor that is Hotel Chocolat. Um, so, yeah, if you like this podcast and you like chocolate, and, uh, and if you like chocolatey drinks, there you go. Also, I want to thank uh, the podfather himself, Mr. Scroobius Pip. Um, if it wasn't for Pippikins, uh, this podcast wouldn't exist. I wouldn't exist as a podcaster, and uh, and it's one of my most favourite things about my days now. Um, I get to, as you know, for well, I'm over 450 episodes in, and you know, long-time listeners of this podcast will will know just how many amazing people I've got to sit and have chats with, and that's all because Pip took a chance on this podcast and put it on his network, and and uh, and and instantly enabled me to get access to uh, a nice audience and and they've been very supportive each and every one of you if you've just tuned in for the first time as fans of art and everclear um why not explore the back catalog once you've listened to today's episode you can hear me talking to 
big rock bands. If you like your rock, like Everclear, you can hear me talking to Foo Fighters. You can hear me talking to um, Stadium Rockers, Motley Crue. You can hear my chat with Tommy Lee. Um, I've spoken to um, Nirvana producer Butch Vig. That's an amazing chat. If you like your UK guitar music, you can hear me talking to the likes of Suede, Idol, Sleaford Mods, uh, The Vaccines, the Wombats, uh, gosh, the list goes on. Um, I've also been lucky enough to speak to all manner of amazing people like Chuck D of Public Enemy, um, actors such as Maxine Peake, um, Joe Hartley, Michael Smiley. Um, just go and explore the back catalogue because there's 450 episodes of all your favourite musicians, comedians, producers, DJs. Go and get stuck in because you'll you're, you're see loads of them. And I, I promise you, They've all been really lovely chats, so so go and explore. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, I ask you to go and have a look at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash off the beat and track. And for $1 a month, uh, you get to watch all the episodes. I'll put all the videos up. Um, you get uh, lots of playlists. You get loads of radio shows. You get access to probably maybe three, 400 shows uh, in the back catalogue. And But essentially by doing that, that dollar a month, 20p a week, I think it converts to, all goes in the pot to to facilitate um, the two free episodes that you get every week. Um, so yeah, if you can, I know times are tough, but if you can support the podcast, it will be much appreciated and you can do that uh, at the aforementioned address or anything else you need to know about the Patreon or social media where you can follow us and give us a like and a love and a share and a retweet. Your one-stop shop is the website, which is off the beat and trackpodcast.com. That's beat and, not beaten off the beat and track podcast.com go check us out give us a follow okay let's get on with it please enjoy today's episode of off the beat and track podcast with everclear it's off the beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him okay we are recording uh, how are you today I'm doing well. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, uh, before we get into uh, the song choices uh, for today, uh-huh. I just want to ask you to. Cause I know that the, 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 the touring's been happening, which is so exciting to see bands back out and playing, and festivals happening, and and normal service resuming. Tell me how you found the eighteen months of madness of lockdown and and quarantine and such. Like how you found that both professionally. And personally. Um, well, by the way, thanks for having me on today. You're I really more than welcome, mate. We're, we're, we're very excited about coming back to the UK after, God, almost 10 years, about nine years. Um, well, professionally, it was a disaster. You know, just, I mean, it, from, from the point of just, I at the beginning of the year, we had about 84 shows booked. To a couple of tours, a couple of a uh, whole bunch of like flyaway dates, which is how bands make their living now, especially older heritage bands like us that have been around a while. Um, you know, you don't make records from record sales because no one buys records. Um, and uh, so that's how we make our living. Me and the guys in my band and our crew and our, our you know, our team, our management agents and stuff like that. So we had. 84 shows canceled. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's over over $2 million worth of money. So, and that, you know, that wasn't $2 million to me, but that was, you know, my share, my share of it was what I lived on and paid my bills and did all that stuff. That didn't happen. And uh, it was, uh, that was kind of devastating, but I've, we've all dug our way out and caught, caught our way up. I don't know how. We just, you know, we just kind of preformed it and borrowed this, used this. You know, we were dancing, man. You know, we made it work. Professionally, um, I don't think it hurt us with promoters. I think it might have helped everybody who was a known, reputable, professional touring band because there was, you know, there was an emotional, uh, more of an emotional uh, uh, some demand from a lot of people. Now, when we went back out in 2001 and started playing shows again, 
while it was still, you know, it was doing peaks and it was going down and it was going up as far as COVID is concerned. Uh, we went out and did a bunch of one-offs in the spring of 2021. And then we did a tour in June, July of, and then later in the September, October of 21, as well as a lot more flyway dates. And while it was helpful, you know, uh, kind of our saving grace in a lot of ways, financially, it was, it was rough because there was a phenomenon that I'd never seen before. Uh, and I've been touring 30 some years, 40 years, almost 40 years. Um, and it was that we would sell tickets and less people than bought tickets would show up almost 20%, but sometimes more. And that wasn't just us. That was something that was every, at every level, but below us, smaller clubs, you know, uh, bigger, bigger arenas, uh, theaters, um, everybody was experiencing this phenomenon. And then this last year, 2020, it got 2022, pardon me, it got better, but it was still there probably about three to 5%. Um, of just people who bought tickets and then decided, you know, man, can't do it. Don't feel good. Oh, I got COVID. Someone I know is sick or just don't feel comfortable doing it and didn't go. So that has seemed to alleviate in the last three months. So hopefully when we're over in the UK, it'll be okay. But I know that there's, uh, um, you know, one of the Omicron uh, versions is, uh, is is kind of is kind of raging over there a little bit right now, right? I mean, I've, I've got to be honest. Uh, I've, I mean, I, I I run a venue and I've not seen it affect like crowds over here. I think oh. yeah, it feel, it feels you know kind of back to pre-COVID how it, how it is over here. I saw I saw um the Lemonheads a couple of weekends ago uh, oh, yeah. and. Yeah, there was there was no shortage of people going crazy at that show. Great, and people weren't wearing masks. No, no, I've had I've had my club reopened. Wow, probably nearly a, a year now, I suppose. Uh, and yeah, just kind of normal services resumed, and uh, yeah, it seems quite relaxed in the UK. Yeah, but the numbers over there are kind of crazy right now. Uh, yeah, mate, I, I don't know. I mean, we're. Well, I I've been looking at them every day. Yeah, and not good. Yeah, and um, so people, so th th that brings in that brings into call responsibility. Yeah, yeah. And so we're we're we were one of the few tours two years in a row. Our Summerland tour in uh, 2021, which was us, um, Living Color, uh, Hoobastank, and Weedus. We, not not one person, 64 people of the bands and crew, not one person got um, COVID in 2021, but it was mainly because of our protocol, which was pretty strict yeah. of wearing masks. Everybody had to be vaxxed, you know, and it was, it was pretty strong. So, yeah, I mean, that's a mixed thing. When you tell me, you know, it's back to normal, it's not back to normal. Yeah. You can act back to normal but it's not it's so i think one of the weird so, things is, is is over here at the moment are is is it it doesn't really feature in the media anymore our news is so full of how atrocious our country is and how shocking our government is at the moment that nothing else seems to get a look in at the moment and if they do obviously that the news focuses on the atrocities that are happening in uh, in the Ukraine, and uh, and and aside from that, I, I've got to be honest. Like I've not seen a, a mention of COVID in in mainstream news in the UK for for quite a while now. Whereas it was obviously dominating everything, but uh, yeah, it seems to be not getting a a, a, a big look in. But yeah, our, our government are, are, are making a million and one mistakes at the moment, and that's probably another one of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, well how did the Tories stay in power? Oh, <laughs> so, man, don't get me started on that, Art. <laughs> how did that happen? 
I don't understand. You got rid of Boris, but then you got what's your name, Liz? Wow. Yeah. Okay. We won't go. We won't go into politics. Oh God, um, no! Don't get me started on them. That is that. Yeah, that would be. Uh, that won't be a joyful <laughs> listen for anyone. Um, you, you can tell I pay, I pay attention to what's going on. So um, no, but you know, um, I do. I have seen in the last few months a lot more of that uh, return to normal normal normalcy. My uh, case in point, my daughter who's almost 15 went on a date i say date with this boy who uh took her to see slipknot right but it was with his parents and otherwise it wouldn't have happened but uh you know no one was wearing masks she said and uh just full of people and uh having a blast she went in the she went in the mosh pit <laughs> Which is really funny because my daughter's like five foot tall. She's really, <laughs> <laughs> and apparently all the punk rock moms were in there protecting her. All the tattooed punk punk rock moms were like trying to keep creepy creepy guys away from her. Oh, so that's I, great! Isn't that great? <laughs> so cool. comes, comes full circle, man. But uh, yeah, but I'm um, no. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that that there is. You know, like I, I, I'm, I, I'm all vaxxed up. We're all vaxxed up, so we're excited to come over and uh, just, especially playing with our buddies in in Soul Asylum. We haven't toured with them for a few years, but we've done a couple tours with them. Dave, I look up to Dave. David's Dave Perner is like one of the premier alternative rock and roll songwriters. I mean, I was a big fan of Soul Asylum back in the '80s when they came out with, you know. The other Minneapolis bands like uh, Replacements and my favorite Who's. So this is a this is a big deal. Whenever I get to play with Dave Perino, for sure. Love it, love it. Right, let's talk music. I'm going to ask you for a track, and I'm going to ask okay. you Art to tell me the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Okay, so uh, I was looking, you know. Okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put the caveat there. I just turned sixty years old, okay. so you look great, a, man. A lot of the songs that um, really made an impression on me made an impression on me really young. I I was listening to radio and in love with. I saw the Beatles in '65, '66 when I was like three and a half, four years old on TV, and I've never wanted to do anything else. So that being said. The, the most electrifying intro to any song I can think of, and there's a lot of them, is Whole Lot of Love by Led Zeppelin. When that guitar part starts, and the bass comes in, and it's just throbbing, and then his vocal, vocal comes in. It. I remember my brother took me to go buy that record. I, I didn't go to school that day. I think I was in second grade. My big brother... Uh, we went and stood in line at a, a record store called, uh, it was a chain store called Licorice Pizza and uh, in Los Angeles. And we, uh, he bought, he bought Led Zeppelin two, and we took it home and all his stoner hippie friends were hanging out in his bedroom, you know, smoking pot, drinking middle of the mall would have been just not happy. And I'm this little kid sitting in the corner, looking at the record cover, just, all I could, I couldn't get a whole lot of love out of my soul. I still can't to this day. And sometimes on stage, we'll break into it just, just for fun. We'll break into it. And just we, we'll do, we'll do a little bit of it, not a whole lot. But that is electrifying still to this day. It's, it's so weird. I've I've done four hundred and fifty of these podcasts now. And no one's ever chose that. And when I put this podcast together at first, I thought, surely someone's going to say this. Like, first 10 episodes, surely someone must pick a whole lot of love. It's that huge and that instant and that iconic. And it took 450 episodes for someone to do really? it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're the first, it, mate. You're probably talking to people who are a lot cooler than me. <laughs> not, <laughs> not at all, mate. Not at all. <laughs> I think people are like, that's not cool. I should say something that's cool. I'm just going to give you honest answers, you know. 
Um, but do you remember hearing? Yeah, I mean, you do you remember hearing that for the first time when you were a kid? Yeah, um, massively. It, there was a, a, a huge TV show uh, in the UK called Top of the Pops. That was our kind of go-to TV show. It's that you know that was where everybody saw your bands, and uh, yeah, that was that was a theme tune for quite a while. Um, like way way back in the kind of seventies, late seventies, maybe even early eighties. But uh, yeah, I think I probably would have heard it first on there, and 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 yeah, I, I, I'd love to say it was something cooler. Like I, I stumbled across someone jamming it, but it would have just been on on a, on a TV show. And yeah, sonically, it's 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 just insane, isn't it? It's it's just it, if you're gonna. If you say rock and roll riff, I mean, that's up there, right? That's top five. It's got to be. I mean, that, you know, um, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of them if you if you go back to classic rock. But that that record, listening to it and looking at that cover as a kid and the biker gang that's on it and the there's, there's almost kind of like um, Nazi, um, like, imagery and stuff like that going on which is really kind of scary and startling especially for you know a seven or eight year old right yeah. and i remember just how cool that is even to this day just that throb just dun, 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 dun. it's just like it it, it affects your heartbeat yeah. you know so that's that's my pick for the first question wonderful it, I'm going to take you back for question two, Art, and I'm going to ask you, please, to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Um, yeah, when I was a kid. Now, again, I grew up in the, as a kid in the late 60s, mid-late 60s, early 70s, so I listened to a lot of what we called AM radio. Um, kind of BBC One back in the day would have been pretty pretty close to it. Um, but we listen. I listened to pop radio, and there was a song on there, and uh, by an artist by the name of Otis Redding called Dock of the Bay, and it, it told the story of just of of loneliness and 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 loss and and dashed dreams and just and and acceptance and just all these themes in into a two and a half minute pop song with just a great melody and a great voice and it, it it's it was it was something that that that, that song would right to this day that that brown eyed girl by by uh dan morrison because i'm old enough to remember hearing those on the radio when they were new songs and um not only is it a beautiful melody dock of the bay uh, uh and a beautiful vocal it's got to be one of the only songs that's got a whistle solo like whoever <laughs> like you don't get enough whistling in songs anymore do you <laughs> i i agree wholeheartedly and on our fifth record i actually have a whistle part of where i cuz i remember my dad whistling my dad was older and I don't have too many memories of my dad because he left when I was six. I mean, I knew him later in life, but not not very close. We were never really that close. He died uh, a few years ago, about three days before David Bowie died. And I was way more upset about David Bowie dying because even though I did, I met David Bowie once, not personally, but just as a music person music lover david boy gave me way more in my life yeah. he gave me way more he gave he opened my mind to things he, he he gave me music that was my friend friends when i didn't have any other friends you know and that's what songs are to me and uh, my dad didn't give me that but i remember him whistling when i was a kid he was a really good whistler so yeah i agree need more whistling maybe you know what i think it's about I think the next song we record, we, we, we're recording songs now every six months. We got a brand new song coming out that's going to be out online in the next two to three weeks um, called Year of the Tiger. And uh, unfortunately, there's no time to get the whistle in on that one. 
Uh, you mentioned that, um, that 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 your dad left when you was uh, quite young. J- just tell me a little bit about um, that time and and what home was like insofar as how musical. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost fifty pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Was it? Would mum have records on, you know, with their brothers and sisters? Was their music on at home? Well, I was the youngest of five kids. And it was my mom and my dad. And my mom and dad were kind of like what we call white trash. Uh, uh, they weren't really white trash, but they were like the poor man's version of uh, Lucille Ball and Ricky Ricardo. My dad was Greek. He was dark. He was very handsome. He had an accent. You know, uh, my mom was very uh, pale skinned um, with, uh, you know, red hair. And, you know, so that my you know all my so i was the youngest of five kids my eldest sister who's 12 years older than me who's still alive as a matter of fact she was really into motown and and um and and r&b and stuff like that she had actually went and seen the tammy show i don't know if you know what the tammy show is the tammy Terrell actually, show no no the tammy the tamla motown touring show that they they played here in the states in 1965 rolling stones smoky robinson stevie wonder wow. it was they saw it at santa monica civic in 1965 anyway um so my brother who was next in line he's nine years he, he he's he would be nine years older than me um he was into more like aggressive rock and and acid rock and stuff like that and turn me on to led zeppelin black sabbath you know bands like that and then my next sister kiki uh was eight years older than me and she was more into like the Joni mitchells uh cat stevens um crosby stills nash and young neil young stuff like that and so i got turned on to a lot of that my next sister vicky five years older than me she um was into like bubblegum pop on on the radio and i grew up in a housing project that you know and as i grew older like my african-american friends got i got me i into like r&b like the jackson five and then uh you know a parliament and uh james brown and, and um you know hardcore funk like uh earth one and fire and Ohio players and stuff like that. And my, my, uh, surfer friends got me more into, you know, like David Bowie and Alice Cooper and stuff like that. So I grew up with a lot of influences. Like there is no, there, there is no, and, oh, my mom, of course, was grew up in the, the deep South. So she loved country music and she turned me on to country music and everybody loved the Beatles. Everybody 
about Love the Rolling Stones. So they were omnipresent everywhere, that music. Um, so uh, just a plethora of musical influences. And that's something that's really sad to me about uh, kids today is that they don't really listen to older music. Uh, you know, it seems like a lot of the bands coming out now are just listening to what this guy or gal's doing over here or this person's doing over here. And they're all trying to stay in their own, in the same lane. And there's no one really like digging deep into, you know, there's just so much music available now digitally. You can use your phone and just listen to something from the thirties, you know, and, um, and, or something from the fifties or sixties or whatever. And there's so much creativity there that, you, that, that could affect you as an artist. And I think people are doing that. I think it it's a double-edged sword. I, I think as much as it's incredible that you've got this whole library of music like on your phone like just to be explored, you know, for, for people of like our generations, would have given anything. You know, I could just about afford one like album a month, you know. and uh, But I think, <laughs> like, now, nah, because... There is everything within a split second. I for free. For free. I, I, I think the um, the attention span of, of people that are coming, uh, are growing up now, is getting shorter and shorter. And that that association that we've got with you know you sitting in that room listening to to Led Zeppelin, uh, it, you know, is the same for, for me with you know whether it be. I don't know the, the the Smiths or REM in in the late eighties sitting there listening to that, but I could only afford that one record, and I can attach a journey to where I got it, sitting there staring at the sleeve whilst I put it on over and over and over. I couldn't afford anything else, and so yeah. that's why I think we we're so passionate about these bands and these things, as you said about Bowie. You know, you, these people have had massive impact on 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 your lives, and and I think that young people have everything and I, th I think it's a really good thing but i do think that the the, the shortening of the attention spans with with, with a lot of, of young people i think he's he's, he's worrying I, well it's it is a worry for sure it's worrisome um and i agree and as a as a parent um i see it you know like it's like teenagers have a hard time watching movies even now they want they want everything in like tiktok 20 second 15 30 second bites boom swipe to the next thing swipe to the next thing i mean it's gotten really really bad and it's all digital it's all on this thing right here which is amazing that we have this technology right right on this phone i'm holding there's more computer than what launched all the all the rockets that went to the moon together in this little phone but and i have access to every encyclopedia everything if i know how to use this thing there's nothing that i can't learn just about if there's no knowledge written knowledge in this world and do people use it for that no they look at it to see like people with big butts running around or you know people jumping off fences backwards and um <laughs> or or cat a lot of cats you know <laughs> okay I'm going to I'm ask like, you what. I'm done writing songs, man. I don't know how to write. <laughs> I really hope the next Everclear video is just you doing backward jumps off of a fence dressed as a cat. That's uh, that's whistling, obviously. Oh, not a cat, but people dressed as tigers. <laughs> people dressed as lamp, sheep, and pig with, with MAGA hats on. That's what we're uh, tell me about the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. When you say school, what what grades? Give me a grade. Whatever one you think was the best for music. I don't know. I'm there, I mean, probably anywhere between second and sixth grade, like 1974. Uh, between you, you listen to musical critics, and I, I've read books about it. They think anywhere between 1971 and 1974. That's where some of the most influential creative records came out. Um, if I had to song, um, 
you know, there's so many, you know, I'm thinking of like Bill Withers, uh, Lean On Me. That was a great song. Yeah. Came out in like in 1972, 73. Um, um, Stairway to Heaven. You couldn't get away from that song. You know, that came out in 1972, I believe. Um, I, uh, I, if I had to pick one song that really made an, an, an impact on me um, back when I was in school, probably, um, man, you know, when I was a younger younger kid in school, like first, second grade, um, probably the Beatles, um, like uh, Let It Be. Ain't it crazy that you, you mentioned Let It Be there and you mentioned Stairway to Heaven, two absolutely iconic singles from two of the biggest bands in music history. And if right. either of those bands... There's a reason for it, right? Well, I, mean... I know it, you know it, but if... Both of you know if if a mu if a songwriter walked into a record company now and went, I've got this song called Stairway to Heaven. It's over like seven minutes long, and uh, and it don't really doesn't really go anywhere for the first couple of minutes. But bear with it; they're getting laughed out the door. And it's like Let It Be is this beautiful song, but oh, we'll have to do a radio edit of that, or like you know what can we do with it? Because and I find that's really worrying, and that goes back to I don't want to sort of dwell on this the, these attention spans, but these kind of legendary songs. If people are writing music like that now, they're not getting exposure. They're not getting pushed, you know, to, in front of big audiences by these labels because they're too they're too long. And you just think, my God, like people are never going to get a Bohemian Rhapsody. They're never going to get a Stairway to Heaven. Well, you know, I, I I get that, and there's a part of me that really didn't like long songs, but and because I loved like pop songs on the radio that. To me, if you can't say it in three minutes, it probably doesn't need to be said, right? Um, but at the same time, a great song, a great lyric, and a great movement, and just the way those songs build, right? And start low and build up and cre cre crescendo and all that stuff. Um, it doesn't feel, to me, if you listen, actually listen to the song, it doesn't feel like you're listening for for six or seven minutes. It feels like you're listening for two or three. Yeah. You know, that's it. Like, Hey Jude, when it came out, everybody freaked out because it was like, what was it, like six or seven minutes long? And they're like, you know, even the capital, the record company in the States is like, nah, no one's going to play this song. It was the Beatles, man. It was number one for forever. <laughs> I mean, what? Get okay. out of here. We're talking great records and formative years. So for track four, Art, tell me the first song you remember buying from a record store. Like as a single? Yeah, if you can as remember a single, single yeah. Because okay, you said something earlier that really connected me with me is like, man, I remember even as a teenager saving up my money to buy one album and I would listen to that faithfully, right? And, and just digest everything on the cover, you know? And, and that, that went into the 80s because I was broke and you were talking about R.E.M. and the Smiths and I remember buying all the R.E.M. records and just digesting them like they were the, 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 the you know, like they were <laughs> the Ten Commandments or something. But um, uh, first single that I bought was probably, that I can remember, was probably Jackson 5. My mom gave me money to buy the Jackson 5 song, um, uh, ABC, when I was seven. Yeah, when I was seven. But the first album I remember I wanted my mom to buy was, was um, I remember we were at a supermarket when I was like five years old, and my sister was 10 years old, and they used to sell albums at the supermarket, right, at the grocery store. And... Um, I wanted, uh, I wanted Jimi Hendrix. Um, Are you experienced? Nice. And she wanted like Peter and Gordon or some some pop pop thing. And my mom's like, I'm not going to buy either of those, uh, but I'll buy this new Beatles record. 
that just came out called the uh, um, uh, Magical Mystery Tour. <laughs> so, no, not Magical Mystery Tour, Sergeant Peppers. Wow. Sergeant Pepper. And she bought Sergeant Peppers. And me and Vicky, my sister, had to share it. And I remember just like, you know, and that was right as that you started hearing, you know, uh, all the singles that came off that record and how amazing that record is. Now, I've got an argument for you that if that album came out today or any time, I still think it would be influential and still be a hit. I think that record is is that. I, I think but, I think so if the band were as established as the Beatles were then. You know, by then they were the biggest band in the world, so they could. And even though it was such a departure from Revolver, you, I mean, the, the writing was on the wall. I think with Revolver, there was no records that sounded like that. Yeah, the records started sounding like that after that record came out. Yeah, you know, Did Pet Sounds come first, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. No, Pet Sounds. Pet Sounds came I, before. Did it come before Sergeant Peppers? I think it did. But, I, yeah, it did. It did. And there was production aspects on there. But I don't think that that record sound. I, to this day, do not sound, think Pet Sounds is a record on par with uh, Sgt. Pepper's. I think Pet Sounds is a great exploration. But it doesn't have, well, for one thing, it's not as rock. And so I, even as a kid, I wanted to hear rock, yeah. hard rock rock and roll and um so it it didn't make the impact on me but um i mean the the beach boys were pretty big band they weren't as big as the beatles but you know they were all going all you know all the big bands at the time were going back and forth and trying to up up the ante of of like like the new sounds and and new ways of looking at music i personally think that the uh, the album Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles is probably the best record ever made, if not one of the top three. Absolutely. And you mentioned devouring record sleeves. If you're going to sit and look at a record sleeve, that's a good Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Want to get stuck into, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But, but after all the pictures. All the Beatles ones were, you know, later on, they when they stopped getting away of just, you know, vanity pictures of the boys, of the lads, as it were. Um, that that album cover, a magical mystery tour, and you know, they're walking around in the walrus suits and <laughs> cow suits and stuff. Um, you know, as a kid. As, as an as, as an older person, I look at it and just go, oh, "That's kind of stupid." But now, but as but when I was five, six, seven, eight, it was like, "Wow, what does that mean?" You know, what's the deep there? And even as a teenager, you're like, "Wow, what does that mean?" On the Alice Cooper records, or the David Boy records, or uh, the Stones records of the early seventies. Um, one of my favorite records of all times is. Uh, uh, an album called Exile on Main Street. And the very first song, when when you talked about the, the opening track of the song, it's like, I, 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 as a singer-songwriter and a guy who makes records, the first song on a record is 
really, really important to me. And some of the best ones that I've ever heard go from the Rolling Stones with a song called Rock Stop to a band, The Pixies, which is one of my favorite bands of all time, and their song Debaser, which is the first song on Doolittle. And that just, those those are the songs where you, it's they're, I call them head jerkers, but you hear them and you're just like, what is that? You know, like, it just draws you in like a magnet. And um, that's, I think that's really important. But I digress. I'm sorry. No, we, 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 um, you're in a safe space here if you want to talk about the Pixies art. I, uh, <laughs> I've, I've been playing uh, in my club, like, DJing Pixies records to, to you know, new students and, 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 and young people week in, week out for nearly 30 years. And, you know, w- when did the baser come out? 89, maybe? 88, 89? Eight, eight, no, eight, yeah, 80, 90. Yeah. Yeah, in Doolittle. Yeah, Doolittle yeah. came out. And to this day, if I play uh, Debaser, Wave of Mutilation, Tame, anything, young people still lose their shit and do that thing that you said of like, well, like head turn. What? What's this? Yeah, that record, I mean, and the first record, I, I, I have such a history with the Pixies, with the early Pixies like that. Um, uh, Surfer Rosa, uh, we were at a record store. I was like late 80s. I'm in my early, mid-20s. I'm with some friends, and we're at a record store. And a friend of mine had read about uh, this band because he was really into more more like Dead Can Dance and the other 4AG bands. He read about the Pixies. Because at that time, you had to read about stuff in zines and fanzines and, and magazines and stuff. And he bought the Pixies tape and he listened to it and he's like, oh, this is too rock for me. I don't like this. I like, I'll buy this right now from you. He just paid six for it. I'll give you six bucks right now for this tape. He's like, okay. And I just, I went home and played it for my wife. It was like a Tuesday night. We both had to work the next day. We got in our car and drove over the Golden Gate Bridge up into the Redwoods and back. And we must have listened to that album, Surfer Rosa, 20 times, 15, 20 times. And same thing when Doolittle came out. I was down, downtown uh, San Francisco walking by a record store, and I'd already seen the Pixies open for the Throwing Muses. I'd already seen, you know, I was already a huge fan. I knew they had a new album coming back, but... There wasn't a lot of press on it. And all of a sudden there's a poster and I'm like, with a monkey on it. And I'm like, Pixies? And I asked the guy at the record store, I go in, I go, is that out? He goes, yeah, it's been out a couple of weeks. I go, do you have it on cassette? He goes, yeah. I bought it with my lunch money, right? All the money I had. And and I was going back to work. I was working in an office. And I put it in my, my, my Sony Walkman, you know, cassette. And... I'm walking back. I get about two songs in, and then I stop at the corner or at the payphone because it's way before cell phones, right? 1989. Only rich people had cell phones. And I call and go, I don't feel good. I'm sick. I got to go home. I'll see you tomorrow. And I get on a city bus in San Francisco, and I ride that thing till they actually kick me off it three hours later. And it was... uh, all I did was listen to that record. And I had I was married to my first my first wife. I've been married four times. I've been with my wife now for going on 19 years. But um, my first wife didn't want me to play in bands anymore. She wanted me to uh, um, not play in bands. So for about four or five months, I was super depressed, wasn't playing in bands, didn't have a band. And I went home after listening to that record and just basically laid down the law and said, I'm starting a band tomorrow. I'm going to put an ad in the paper. And if you don't want to be with me, okay. I'm sorry. That's sad to hear. But this is, I got to do this for my soul because this music is, it's not like I wanted to make that music, but just that music like that could exist inspired me to make my own music. True story. Perfect. Good decision. Think so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, tell me the song um, that soundtrack your years clubbing. 
So that can be rock bars, that can be dive bars, that can be bizarre techno clubs in Japan, that can be anything. A time where you'd go out and, and you'd party and you'd hear loud music. Well, I'd grown up in L.A., so yeah, I, so yeah, I wasn't really a clubber, you know, uh, growing up. I'd go drink. I was a blackout drunk till I was about 20, 27 years old. I've been sober for 33 years. But in the early 80s, late early 80s, I was really into the Los Angeles punk rock scene. And there was one band that to this day is one of my favorite bands of all time, a band called X. And um, I, I, I remember just drinking in bars downtown and just, you know, getting in cars and just listening to that. And, and different bands that were big at the time, the Violent Femmes' first record, the Replacements, and uh, any REM album up to uh, up to Document, you know, or, or, or you know, the, those, those albums were really, really strong. But I'd have to say. Nice, nice. I'm going to take you home for track six, Art, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the favorite song from an artist from your home county. Ah, it's uh, probably me X. Um, a song called White Girl. It's a punk rock song that was uh, actually got played on early punk, uh, early modern rock radio back in the day. But a song called White Girl by X. It's off their second album, Wild, which was critically acclaimed, you know, um, acclaimed back in the day. All the critics loved that record. And rightfully so, I think white girl. Uh, and being young uh, and 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 starting bands and stuff around this time, and seeing the bands that were influencing you, and and the bands that were from where you was from, did it always seem possible that you could make a career from doing this? Absolutely, from a from a reasonable uh, empirical point of view. Absolutely not. <laughs> I wasn't pretty. I mean, I grew up in L.A. where everybody looked like rock stars, right? And I didn't look like that. And I didn't want to look like that. Um, you know, I, so on my 16th birthday, I'm flying back to L.A. from Houston. The, the, my 16th birthday, I'm in Houston, Texas. I'm in the backseat of a car, stoned, drunk, making out with a hot girl is two years older than me right and eruption comes on the radio by van halen and i'm like oh wow i'm never going to be the best guitar player in the world that's never going to happen and even though it was kind of schlocky rock and i was getting more into new wave and punk rock um i loved how big the guitars and the drums were i loved how big it was and then the next song they played was watching watching the detectives by Elvis Costello, and just his voice and the production and his lyrics. And I'm like, I want to write songs like that with a big guitar sound, like that, like Van Halen. And if you listen to Everclear Records, it's kind of what it is. It's kind of you know slice of life lyrics. Um, there's a lot of anger, a lot of vitriol, and big guitars. So. I, I, I've always been pretty true to what inspired me, you know, from any given time. But especially then, I mean, that's still the kind of music I'm doing now. If you hear our new song, Year of the Tiger, it's a power pop punk rock song that's very political, you know? Love it. It's your last track, Art. And for this, I'm going to ask you to tell me a song that you think many people may not know that you would like them to hear. Well, I'm a huge, I'm a huge fan of, of, and I always have been of like super rock, hard rock, punk rock, um, noisy bands, love Sonic Youth, Pixies, all that stuff. Um, at the same time, I love singer songwriters, and I love anyone who can pick up a guitar and make a beautiful song with just their voice and a guitar. And one of my favorites is an Americana artist that's been around since the '90s. Uh, by the name of Gillian Welch. And she's got a song called My Town. 
that every time I hear that song, it reduces me to tears. It's just such a beautiful melody and such a beautiful lyric and stripped down music. And I, I've always been a sucker for that. Neil Young, um, uh, The Needle and the Damage Done. That's a song that just really just, just kills me every time I hear it. Uh, we put together a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast with with, with all of these tracks, and and obviously we'll be putting uh, your music on there as well. Um, tell us a little bit about what the rest of twenty twenty two has lined up for for you, Art and Everclear. Well, uh, starting this starting tomorrow, I fly up to Portland, Oregon, where I lived for twenty two years. And we kick off a uh, Northwest tour, Everclear does, with the band Sponge, a band that, from the 90s. And um, we've got five shows. We've got Vancouver, uh, BC, British Columbia, and Canada, Spokane, Seattle, Bend, Oregon, and Portland. And then we're off for about a week. And then we got a show down in LA, at a, or not LA, but like in Southern California at a casino and then we go to the UK and we play in the UK. Um, we tour, we have eight shows with, um, soul asylum. And then we have three shows by ourselves and we come home for what we call Thanksgiving. It's a holiday in late November, uh, uh, in America, in the U S. Um, and then, uh, we've got a couple shows at the beginning of, uh, December here in Los Angeles at a famous club called the Whiskey. And then uh, we uh, a, a club called Pappy and Harriet's, which is out in the desert. Um, and uh, then uh, we're off for the year. And then we start the new year in February. We go to uh, Australia for an Australian tour and it starts all over again. So that's what, that's what I got going on. Uh, uh, honestly, like, I wish you all the best of it. I've had, a real lovely time talking records with you, mate. It's been an absolute joy. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you, brother. It's been great talking to you. Where, where, where's your club? What city do you live in? I you live, live in London. I, I live just as it's just outside of London. It's in a place called Essex. It's uh, oh. it's uh, it's the longest running alternative rock club in the UK, and uh, and it, it 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 started out in in nineteen eighty one, and uh, it's it's in a place. It's it's next to a little town called. Basildon. So our, our in-house band was Depeche Mode. They, they 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 grew up and they were the resident band, and uh, and then yeah, over the years, yeah, we've had everyone from Radiohead to Blur and Africa Bambata to Boogie Nam Productions and yeah, everything else in between. And uh, it's called the Pink Toothbrush. It's a crazy, dirty, smelly little kind of crazy hole that is a safe haven for. The weird and wonderful, and, and has always been that way. Uh, I'd love to see it someday. I love those little clubs like that. Oh, you'd I'd love that. Yeah, it'd be great. Wonderful. Well, listen, man, thanks for having me on. Thanks for talking to me about music. It's been a blast. Absolutely. Absolutely. You take care, Art. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank thank you. you, everyone. Thanks, Bye-bye. Art. It was great. Oh, what a lovely chat. Got to talk about Led Zeppelin, the Beatles, the Pixies. Mentions of Sonic Youth. Oh. Everclear Tours with Soul Asylum. Sponge. I'm loving it. You know I'm a big... Uh, you know I love a drop of nostalgia. Um, getting to, to go and see the bands that, that soundtrack your, you know, your, your, your important formative years and getting to go and, and see all them bands and certainly seeing them touring together and stuff is so exciting. Um, so, yeah, grab yourself a ticket. Go and watch um, Everclear Soul Asylum. Uh, on their UK tour, and if you leave in further afield, they're coming to Australia, Everclear, and uh, and yeah, the best thing to do is 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 just give them a follow on the socials and keep up to speed there. Um, thanks to Fed for putting this episode together, uh, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll have um, 
Dave from Soul Asylum coming up soon as well. There's discussions happening now. Um, got some other amazing 90s uh, rock royalty coming your way soon as well. I won't say that yet because it's not being recorded and I don't want to jinx it. Um, I hope you've been enjoying all of the episodes um, that we've been putting out recently. Just got so many um, recorded now. Got so many exciting ones coming your way. And yeah. I just want to say thanks again for supporting the podcast and, you know, enabling this sort of stuff to happen. So, yeah. Right. I'll see you next time. Um, Yeah. Go check out the Patreon. um, And, yeah. See you soon. Bye-bye.